G'day everyone, I'm Brett Morrison and welcome to the Leadership Sensei radio show. Welcome back, this is a small business podcast where we look at the many facets of what it means to run, own and lead a small business, but also what it means to be a leader, not only of your business and your corporation, but also a leader of yourself and being the example for those that are with you in your life and also on your team. Thanks for joining us, welcome aboard and I hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, hi everyone, it's Brett here. Thanks very much for joining us again this week. And look, I'd just like to do a quick shout out to all my guests and listeners over in the States. Like I've had some really great response on on the um, click-throughs this week and over the last couple of weeks, in fact, for a couple of the shows that have been over been going out. So just want to say thank you very much. Thank you for sharing it. And look, if you do listen to one of the shows and you really enjoy it and you think it'd be helpful to someone, please do me a favor and also do your friends a favor and, and share it with them because I think you know the more we can get it out there well I'd like to think that it's making a difference and uh, look, the fact that you do share it indicates to me that people are finding value in it and I guess that encourages me to keep going and doing do more shows so this week what I look what we're talking about this week is about self-defense and so personal protection and in particular for women because unfortunately the stats are pretty high that one in five women will experience some sort of violence against them at some stage in their life. So quite significant. And I'm not saying it's just only related to women because all the techniques and all the strategies that I'm talking about this week apply just as much as it does to men as it does to women. These are techniques that I've been taught over the years. And so the show this week is actually a recording that uh, I did with my wife on our radio show uh, on Apollo Bay Radio. So you'll actually hear my wife interviewing me about the things that I have learned and applied and some of the, some, some of the experiences that we've actually gone through together as a couple uh, in, in real life scenarios. So it's a good listen. And look, they're applicable to anyone out there just in everyday life. You don't need to be in a dangerous job. You don't need to be living on the edge in some you know dangerous suburb for these to be taking effect now as a business owner as a leader i think it's really important for our teams to be safe and so what can we put in place to keep our teams and our people safe so they get home and back to work in a nice safe way and some of that's about awareness so you know if you think some of these strategies would help your team please share it with them but if you're the leader what can you implement to keep your team safer even at the workplace but also in their transition from your workplace to their vehicles of an evening or early morning, especially if you're doing shift work. People are coming and going at all times of the day and night now, and sometimes it's not always, or people don't always feel safe, which also puts off a a bad vibe to start with. So if if you have shift workers, please take the time to listen to this and see if there's something that you can implement to keep your team safer. So look, I really hope you enjoy it. Please give us some feedback, and we'll catch you on this other side. Thanks. Tonight, um, uh, we're talking about personal safety. So uh, one in three women may suffer from abuse and violence in her lifetime. In fact, there's a plethora of um, incidences in the media as of late, um, unfortunately. This is an appalling human rights violation, yet it remains one of the uh, most invisible and under-recognised pandemics of our time. So uh, this week, I'm handing over the reins to Brett Morrison as we discuss the topic of women's self-defence. Um, In fact, Brett, the inception of uh, your martial arts career spans over 35 years at the moment and and you've been involved in security for just as long. Um, You hold black belts in two styles, being a fourth-standing jiu-jitsu, 
and uh, advanced grade in Taekwondo. As an instructor, I know you've taught Jiu-Jitsu for over 13 years. I've experienced being flown across the ring. I know that. Um, uh, so tonight we'll cover some simple strategies that every woman and man should know and use to stay uh, personally safer. Yeah, and I think it's important that while you know a lot of these strategies we talk about, and I guess tonight we'll be focusing on the fact that women can apply these strategies to stay safer, they're just as applicable to men. And in many ways, we talk about you know, there's a lot of, I guess, attacks and assaults that go unreported because there is an element of embarrassment and an oh, element of shame that goes with that. And, and this is particularly so even for men. So it doesn't feel very manly to get beaten up and go, oh, gee, you know, I've just been beaten up. And so a lot of that goes unreported because they just think that, you know, it's, it's bad to, to bring it forward into the light. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that in the media at the moment, uh, recollections and revalidations going on uh, with yeah. women having to stand up and, and recount to what they've done. Yeah, and unfortunately, women seem to be you know, the majority of victims, and that's why I tend to focus on all the training that, you know, because the tra- self-defence courses I've run in the past, they are focused on helping women, and so it's not so much strength-based, but more about using the mind, which is then equal footing. And it allows women to get back onto the upper, upper ground and take control of the situation as opposed to just trying to rely on strength, which in most cases, women can't outdo the men when it comes to physical strength, because most men, not all the time, but as a generalization, are going to be bigger and stronger. Yeah, okay, uh, let's get out, get into this. Like the uh, ABS obviously have stats at the moment showing that there's an increase in uh, sexual and, and physical violence at the moment. Um, yeah, and in some ways, I'm not even too sure if it is actually an increase, but it's actually a fact that People are feeling more comfortable um, and maybe a little bit safer to report it and, and bring it forward because, yeah, could be, yeah, especially for women, there's there's now, statistics. you know, especially the Me Too movement, which I think is a great movement where people are starting to feel a little bit safer to bring it forward and not be so alienated from the community by, by stepping forward, which I think in the past really has happened. Yeah, by learning basics of defending yourself, um, obviously you're also empowering yourself and increasing your self-confidence, which... Um, a confident person very rarely becomes a victim. Yeah, this is true. So there is an aura that I think a confident person will, will emit and you become less of a target. And it is very true that people will look at you and will look at people and they will look for a particular target. Yeah. And we'll actually share one of those stories as we go through tonight about um, how people will look for and what they look for and how they then respond to that as, as we go through the... Uh, over the next hour. Yeah, look, we're not looking at making any political statements or blaming anyone or any side, but um, we're intending to to simply um, steer, uh, allow people to steer away from threats. And uh, it, that may not sound exciting as ripping out an attacker's heart, but as I say, in every beginner's class, evading an attack is the most always superior way to, to blocking an attack. So that's what we're focusing on tonight, mm. aren't we? Yeah, you know, the, best, the best win you can have is not have to go into a fight because the moment you go into a fight, or you have to physically defend yourself, someone will get hurt. Okay, um, so one of the issues that particularly I know um, from our gender, women have, um, is that they tend to have feelings or intuitions that something is going wrong or, or it's a bad indication yeah. that they shouldn't be in a certain venue or that that person in front of them, they're not feeling right about that. So what do you say about that? I mean. Then they tend to feel paranoid that, and they feel bad that um, they're feeling that way. Yep. We've been brought up to, you know, make sure that everyone has a, a good side to them. Yeah, look, I think uh, women particularly suffer from that. Um, 
but look, we might just, if we can just park that one for a little bit. Okay. Um, because I want to spend some time on that, because that, that's actually a very valid point, and quite often, many people who have been attacked and then reported um, go on to recount how they had those feelings prior to the mm. attack. So I think it's, it's, it's very important issue. that we actually spend some time around that and the element of trusting trusting the self. But look, what I'd like to go into straight up is, you know, I think there's there's obviously multiple levels to keeping yourself safe and personal protection. Um, but tonight I want to just quickly cover across, well, look at three areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we've only got an hour, so we'll have to push through reasonably quickly. But the first the first one we're looking at is, you know, the home. Then we'll look at protection in the car. Okay. Yeah. And then of yourself. So the first two I want to cover Socially, pretty yeah. quickly because... Um, they actually provide a physical barrier anyway, so you can pr- keep yourself reasonably safe in those environments if you do some, some basic things. Um, but the self is where people feel most vulnerable. So the home, and look, I know down in the bay, most people go, well, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's but pretty safe here. I feel we, quite We safe. do, actually. We feel very safe here, but you know, we actually have listeners that are beyond the bay and over in, down in Melbourne, Melbourne, and sometimes even overseas, we've got people who live in, in large cities. And so protecting the home becomes quite important when there's, uh, rising violence in the suburbs, uh, so that our urban environment has changed. Um, we have, you know, different demographics moving around, especially some of the faster growing suburbs of the city. And um, even having awareness of where to go when you're in the city becomes really important. We'll yeah. touch on some of that when we come to the self part. But really, when you look at, you know, protecting yourself in the home, um, actually, I'll just take a step back from that. So I think one of the things that gets people in trouble is the ego. And when I talk about the ego kicking in, like it's very easy for a bloke to go, well, if someone breaks into my house, they're gonna be, you know, they're gonna be finding up, they're gonna be up for it. You know, I've got my bat beside the bed, or I've got a gun under the pillow, or whatever it's gonna be. I've got my dingo. Yeah, well, but people let their ego kick into place, but the reality is that some people are very good at breaking into your home, and you're not gonna know about it until they're right on top of you, and then it's all too late. So taking some simple steps to prevent that happening in the first place is just parking the ego and allowing yeah, some sensible stuff to, to occur. So, All right, the, so what type of things are we looking at? Yeah, a- absolutely. So the first thing I taught, the fi- it's actually called the 5D, so okay. it's about deterrence. So you want to deter someone from actually seeing your house as a target. So you can do simple things like putting up a fence. Now, if you're in a suburb, um, especially in the city that is a new suburb and they don't allow you to have a fence because of covenants and you know, down, in the, down in the country or down the coast here, people think, really? But it, that stuff actually happens in the city. Um, you can put up cameras because then you've got like a physical barrier that, People know that if they come in, they're going to be put on the camera. Okay, so deterrence. So this is about deterrence, yeah. And also, you know, putting a security door on. So when people come past the house and they're looking for a house to break into, they want to get into something quickly and easily. They don't want to be making a lot of noise and drawing attention to themselves. So they will have a look at your house and they will actually check out what's available Mm -hmm. to them and they'll move on to another house. Now, there's a lot of discussion in the security environment about, you know, are we just passing the problem on to someone else, well, you know, when you've got a family, you've got little children, I'm going to take the chances and protect my family first. I'd also encourage all my neighbours to do the same thing. Yeah, so it goes to a different suburb or goes to a different area or hopefully they just get tired and just don't do it um, would be the ideal outcome. But I definitely want to make sure that my family is safe. So they're just some simple things that you can do. Put locks on the window so if they do try to get in, they go, oh, it's just going to be a bit hard and hopefully they move on somewhere else. Because at the end of the day, if people really want to get in, they'll still get in. Okay, so well, isn't we're, we're having really a dog? Sorry, isn't having a dog a deterrent too? Absolutely. So you know, you have a dog that's got a big bark. 
that's going to deter people straight up, absolutely. So the next one is detection. So you do want to be able to detect them once they get in. This is where um, some of your alarm systems come into play or having cameras. So you've deterred them, but then you can detect when they're coming in. Um, and so what that does is just allow you some time to then prepare yourself if they are coming in. Um, and now that, this sounds very over the top in a rural area, I guess, such well, as it, when it, where it, you it, live in, but it in the city, it's, it's yeah. quite common. Uh, absolutely, and uh, especially, I guess, from the suburb that we came from, um, you know, there were, there were gangs going on and, and, and moving through, and um, it, it's, it's a reality for, for quite a few families that have experienced it, mm, unfortunately, and this is happening right here in Victoria in our capital city, so it's not that far-fetched. The next one is after detect is delay. So this is where you know literally having the locks on the doors, making sure that your front door you know has a steel has a steel um, door frame as opposed to a timber one where they can just break it open or, or kick it kick it in. Um, so you want to delay them as long as possible, especially if you are in the house of a night time. You want to delay them as long as possible. So you're on the phone calling the police and allow them time to get there. Next one is then so you've deterred them. You've detected it, you're delaying them. Next one is being prepared to defend and knowing what you are prepared to do or not do. Mm, that's interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and quite often, you know, and the good advice is actually don't go out, do not engage. Because most of these people are either on drugs because they're actually just looking for something that they can grab and sell Very and so quick. they can, you know, and buy their next, unfortunately, their next hit. Or they're, they're looking for something particular, like we car keys for the BMW that's parked out in the driveway in, in many instances. So don't engage, call the police. That may be your best defence. Um, again, this is where the ego can kick in. So you know, it's easy to play the macho man, but it's easy to also die very quickly, unfortunately, in those instances. Or, yourself or up hurt. in a cupboard or behind a room. Yeah, that's right. And, and then the, the last one is deny. So you know, this is where people talk about panic rooms. And I know, you know panic rooms is probably a, that step too far, especially. I think in Australia at the moment, I don't think we are really going that far. But someone who's experienced one of these oh, break-ins would probably think a, a panic room is probably, you know, a good That's a good right. bet. You know, so they're the five levels that we talk about. The five D: so deter, detect, delay, defend, then deny, and know how to get there and get there quickly. Um, so that that's the home environment. So the next one, as we talk about, is the car, um, and this is about protecting yourself in the car. And there's many instances now. Or if people are getting road rage, so people, you know, they'll they'll follow you down, they'll beep, they'll honk, whatever. Then the, you stop at some lights, and they'll hop out of the car, and they'll come up and start smacking on the window or whatever. There's been quite a few carjackings too in that city. There has been carjackings, yeah, and unfortunately, I actually know someone personally who was carjacked in their driveway, car was mm. stolen. So it's very real, um, especially when you know somebody by name. Um, you go, geez, you know, that's that's close to home. Um, so the simple things you can do is actually be aware of your environment. You know, lock your car doors. No, no, in follow Bay, you probably, you know, probably never do that. <laughs> but you know, when you go into the city and you pull up at traffic lights, you start thinking, well, hey, who's around me? What's going on? Yeah, we don't want to make everyone paranoid, but it's just having an awareness of what's yeah. going on in the social climate. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing about about safety, especially personal safety. And we'll go into that when we talk about you know, keeping yourself safe. It, key is not to be paranoid because otherwise all you do is create an ulcer for yourself. Um, but if you have some key strategies in place and having a level of awareness of what's going on around you, you can eliminate the risk quite significantly to the point where you always stay safe. Um, but yeah, definitely for the car, um, make sure your car doors are locked when, you, when you're driving down or traveling to the city, especially when you pull up at red lights or you know the traffic is, has slowed down. 
it was very easy for people just to open the door and jump in and you never know what they're going to do or what they're going to try to do or take out of the car sometimes they just might walk you know be walking past the car as you're pulled up at a crossing and see your wallet on the front seat and they go doors unlocked bang they open up and, and your wallet's gone and quite often you, you're just left sitting there wondering what what the hell just happened um but a lot of that can be prevented by hitting the lock button um the next one is you know also keep fuel fuel in the car. So personal protection isn't just about physical assault, especially when now in a rural environment, like we are in a high fire danger area. We've seen fires come very much right down to the ocean, just a couple of you know um, townships away. So you know keep over half a tank of fuel in your car. Um, so if you need to go in a hurry, you can go and you, and you know you're going to be right. You don't need to stop at the service station along with. You know, a thousand other people who have only got a quarter of petrol, you know, a quarter of a tank of petrol in their car. You're ready to go all the time. So there's just some simple things that you can do um, to keep yourself safe in the car. And Brett, uh, trusting your instinct. So uh, too many women enrol in self-defence classes after they've been assaulted. Uh, when they recount the incidents, like we talked about before, they often say the same thing that uh, they've had the bad feeling. But I told myself not to be paranoid. Um, or I knew that I shouldn't have gone, but I, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Um, so I always say to them, if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't safe. That's the bottom line, right? Many women have been conditioned to ignore that little, you know, that little voice that tells them the trouble is coming. But I always say your instinct is the best detector of danger. So the next time you hear that little voice, listen to what it's saying. Yep, absolutely. So uh, I think as kids, that instinct is quite strong in us, and as we grow up, it's either, well, maybe not these days, but I guess in the in previous days, it's probably beaten out of us. Um, but in this day and age, we're, it's definitely encouraged out of us because people say, "Look, don't be silly. Um, look for the best in people. You know, give someone you know, the benefit of the doubt." And and these are, are phrases that are very common. Mm. And unfortunately, when that instinct kicks in, there's that little little bit of intuition, that, you know, that, yeah. that sixth sense that really keeps in that that's there and that's primal so it, it is. really is a primal instinct and it's, that first and instinct, it's, and it's isn't there it? it's to keep us instinct. safe yeah um and you know we one of the things that goes along with that is that like don't judge a book by its cover <laughs> but this is this is probably very relevant because sometimes those little voices come up and the, the book says actually no this is a safe book to yeah. open so you know an example don't trust of, the words they trust the yeah, vibe so Sometimes, you know, one of the things I actually have read in, in the research I've done over the many years of, of looking at self-defence and how to make better self-defence programs, um, there's a story of a lady who had that instinct. So, you know, the antenna went up. She goes, mm. this guy's dangerous. Don't trust him. And then she goes, well, he's wearing a suit. He's driving a BMW. And both of those things are, I guess, influences in our society. They're signs of respectability. They're signs of uh, influence. They're signs of almost, in some degrees, power. Um, and so she shut the instinct down. He, he must be safe because he's wearing a suit and mm. driving a BMW. Mm -hmm. And she got sexually assaulted. And, With Ted and, Bundy? And, Look at Ted and, Bundy. And recounting that, you know, she goes, there's this, you know, that instinct came up, but all the signs were against me or against him being dangerous. So I, I do recommend don't judge a book by its cover listen to the instinct it's there for a reason yeah sure it's it um and just because you can't explain it doesn't mean so it's not real and it's better to be embarrassed 
and safe than hurt. Yeah. Now, so worst case scenario is that they think you're they think you're crazy, and so who cares? You don't know the person in the first place. Back away, get out as soon as you can. So yeah, so when you have the opportunity to escape from a situation before it turns bad, just take it. Like you know, you're walking down the street, someone gives you the creeps. Well, walk to the other side of the street. Yeah, yeah. So we'll look. If the elevator door opens and the guy standing inside, it makes the hair on yep. your back stand up. Don't go. Don't get into the elevator. Get take yep. the next one. Those actions aren't cowardly. Rather, they're smart. It's a way to eliminate the yep. danger. Listen to that vibe. You, you do need to do that. You got to get over this fact that you know there's almost a social obligation if the lift opens that you're going to step in and that you will have that expectation. Um, or if people need help. So in the case of um, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, you know, always find you know needing help and. Majority of women are always keen to help someone, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's how we actually got his victim. So, so practice target denial, as I say. Yep, yep. so we'll, we'll go into that a little bit later, but um, and that's what I call the interview, so we'll talk about the interview a little bit later, but what I'd like to go into now is what, what we call the OODA loop. So if people mm-hmm. haven't heard of the OODA loop, it's actually spelled O-O-D-A. It's a, um, a military strategy that's put together by Colonel Boyd out of the U.S. Air Force. He is a U.S. Air Force fighter pilot, and it's called the OODA loop, and it's about observe, then orient, decide, and act. So hmm. it's really important that, you know, we talked earlier about not being paranoid, and, and we don't want to be paranoid because if you go through life paranoid, you're just going to be on edge all the time. You're That's not going to enjoy yourself. No. Um, and, you know, the stress hormones come up and you're just going to give yourself an ulcer. But, you know, when we go through life, we, sh- we should be alert. We don't want to go through life as a zombie. You know, and I know we've talked about mindset and lots of stuff in, in previous shows, and... Um, one of the, the great guys of you know, neurolinguistic programming, he goes, look, everyone goes through life in a trance with just two states of it, whether we're aware of what trance we're in or we're not aware of the trance we're in. So we do actually go through life just a lot of time on autopilot. And so what you want to do is just take a little bit of that autopilot off and be flying the plane mm. yourself. Yes. So have intent about where you're going and what you're doing. Mm. And this is this observed level. So if you think about a traffic light system and we overlay that onto our OODA loop, our observe phase is the green. So even though you're going through a green light, you know, safe, safe practice would be what's actually coming the other way. And like out in the country, we have intersections of stop signs on, on, the, on the crossroads, but you know, if you're aware of what's going on, you're actually checking those side roads to see if someone's going to stop at that stop mm. sign or not, or whether they're going to go Most through. Definitely. And a lot of self-protection isn't just about you know, avoiding physical assault, it's actually about just staying safe. So this observe is also being aware of, you know, kids, you know, skateboarding down the footpath. Um, you know, someone who is having a conversation with someone and not looking where they're going. No. Or, you know, a little dog that's not on a lead running right around your people's feet and tripping you over. It could be someone on a motorised scooter who's, you know, driving, driving down the footpath and you not actually being aware that they're there and then getting run over or the back of your heels being, you know, run over and, and you're twisting your ankle. So this observe is actually about being aware of what's coming at you from all directions. And so it's not as bad as what it sees, but it does take practice. So you're just looking up the, up the footpath ahead of yourself. Occasionally you're going to turn around and see what's coming. You, you've got your ears open to what's going on. Being but mindful with a level of it is, awareness. It's, a, yeah. it's about mindfulness in motion, in, in essentially. the environment. Absolutely. And, and so if you think about being on green, you know, there's no heightened level of um, panic or... Um, distress going on because no. you think about when you approach a green light you're not going oh gee you know like is it going to go red on me because 
you know there's an amber coming in between that before it turns red. So you know you, it's, it's going to be safe to go. And you want to just keep that level of awareness going around you all the time. Um, and so then that orange is about then putting into perspective what the danger is coming towards you. So if it is a kid on a skateboard, you go, actually, let's just step over to the side and let them go past. Because most of the time, especially for young kids, they don't have the awareness of what's going on around them and they're just in the moment riding their skateboard or riding their bike. Or if you've got a little dog running around, they're just going all over the place. So sometimes it's just safe to, to step off to the side and stop and let them go past. So there's no physical danger of you being assaulted but it can keep you safe. So mm -hmm. this is where we're talking about oriented. So you talked before, if you, you see someone who's um, walking towards you mm. and you the hair's on vibe. the back, you, you, mm. you get that vibe. So it's really important then to go, okay, so what do I do? And so- And men and women both get that vibe too. Oh, it's not just- Oh, absolutely. And this is what I said earlier about, you know, being safe is about parking that ego. Because for, mm. for men, you know, oh, they give me the creeps, but you know, I'm manly, manly. I can walk, I can keep walking because I can you know, look after mm. myself. Um, but also there's this, you know, need to be right. You know, you can be right or you can be happy. And in this case, you can be right or you can be safe. So you might say, well, actually, I've, I've got a right as a woman or as a man to walk down that dark alley. But if you park your ego for a moment and go, gee, is it safe, right, safe yeah. to walk down that alley? Well, gee, gee, maybe not. So you actually avoid going down there and you stay safe for another day. So, you know, you can, it's like driving a car. You can die defending your right of way, right? So... Um, doesn't mean say the other guy's going to stop just because you have right away. So sometimes it's about being aware of what's going on. And this is where that orient thing really comes into play. So I'm just thinking, what about, um, you know, uh, presenting yourself with confidence? Be aware of the, the message your body sends out to those around you. Um, human predators target those that consider that they consider the weakest or most vulnerable, don't they? They actually search for women who appear frightened, confused, or distracted, like, you know, they're, they're on their mobile phones, or they've got a lot of people around them, or they're looking in their handbag. Um, yeah, they look for women who walk with their head down, or their hands stuffed in the pockets, or perhaps um, one who's overburdened with um, packages. Yeah, ab absolutely. So this is where that, that observe really comes into play. So it's not just about being on alert of what's going on around you, but also giving yourself the best opportunity to be alert, which is, hey, don't be distracted. So in this modern day of uh, technology... They call it the interview process, where they oh, want an easy mark. Yeah, well, look, that, that comes into it, but at this stage, you know, even just having technology. So, for example, okay. I was jogging around the tan in, in, at the Botanical Gardens one day, and there's two women who are clearly going for a walk together um, to enjoy each other's company. It's a beautiful day. But both of them had their heads down on their, on their phones. <laughs> You know, they're literally texting. And I don't know whether they're texting each other <laughs> or, or Instagramming each other. I've got no idea what they're doing. But they clearly weren't enjoying each other's company and they clearly weren't enjoying the day. But anyone could have come up behind them or from the front of them or from the side of them and, you know, caused them some grief because they had no awareness of what was going on. And it's very easy to get distracted, especially in this day and age. Your phone's going off. It's, you know, it's in your handbag or you're walking out and you're still putting shopping in. So... You know, a great story is one that we actually experienced ourselves. So one night we stopped to get some food. One of those rare, rare moments that, you know, it was really, really late at night. Well, actually, probably not really late. Yeah, you were pregnant with Christelle. Come back and it's probably one of those munchy type <laughs> moments of being pregnant. But you said, look, I need to get something to eat pregnant, yeah. right now. So we stopped in, in actually in, in Chinatown. 
um, at one of the, the food places there, and we're at the counter, and you said... Dried wrong move, yeah. Yeah, it, look, it probably is all levels of, of wrong in that, but you did say, like, just drop me off, and I said to you at the time, no, you're not going out I was here. I going to waddle across. Yeah, you were going <laughs> to waddle across. No, and, look, this is this is where that ego comes in, right? So you go, look, I'm an independent woman. Okay. Um, I should be... I, you know, I have I have a right to be... True. Safe in the city. It was about eleven o'clock at night. Too. It was about 11, 11, 30. Yep. So I was getting rather getting on in the night. I guess it's probably that time of night when the you know the the, 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 come out. the, the weirdos start to come out in the city. Um, I said no, no. We'll park. We'll go in together, which turned out to be a good call in the end, because as we're at the counter, uh, and this is where women can really get that sixth sense kick in, yeah. and, and men don't always get it. Because you said, did you see those people walk past? And I said, which people? And you said, oh, there's three outside that walked up. As we walked in, they walked and, and kept level with us. And so as we're walking out, you know, you don't need to make a, a big deal of it, but I just kept an eye on the side. And they actually kept pace with us as we were walking then out of the store. So from the counter, we're walking down, and they actually kept pace with us the whole way, which is unusual for me. So I don't believe in coincidences, especially when it comes to personal protection. And at the time, we had hands full... I think, you know, had, had chips in one hand, um, something else in the other hand. but you know, Cucumbers had, in the other. Yeah, <laughs> probably not cucumbers at that particular store at that particular time of night. But, you know, our hands were full. And I said to you, let's stop and, and get our hands free. So we actually stopped at, at one of the tables, the probably uh, the table actually nearest the door, I think it was. And we were, we were bending, oh, actually I was bending over at the time, just putting stuff into the bag. Because what I wanted to do was actually make sure everything was in a bag so my hands were free to protect us and defend if necessary. Actually, I kept eyeing them. I wouldn't take my eyes off them, which and, and presented a self-confidence. That's true. So, yeah. so this is important. So then as... Well, keeping as, as, your head up, shoulders back, you yeah, dramatically so, reduce the likelihood of becoming yeah. a target. So as I was you know, putting all this stuff in, I was keeping an eye at the corner of my eye, watching them come through, and there was, there was three of them. So the first guy walked in, and as he walked in, I had finished putting stuff in, then I stood up. And then I presented myself as large as I could and projected my aura out as much as I could. Um, and probably, unfortunately for them, I was probably at the peak of my training, so I exerted all the confidence in the world. It's only about a metre from us at that stage. And he walked straight at me, and then as I stood up, after like bending over and putting the chips in the packet, he realised he was about eight inches shorter than me and about 40 kilos lighter. And he just went, looked at me, and you could see the horror in his eyes as he just peeled <laughs> off to the side. <laughs> Um, Thanks I, for reminding me. And, and I said, number one. And then the girl that was with the group, she came went in and me. took a look and she stood off to the side. She went for me. She did. And then the, the guy who was leading just stood in the middle of I the doorway. I was Panda at that stage. <laughs> and he quite literally stood in the middle of the doorway to block our way. And I said to you, follow behind me and go around me. And I just walked straight at him. And the, the intent that I put in, into him was... There's a world of hurt coming your way if you decide to go here. I think it was a confidence factor. So that yeah. was a confidence factor, but the fact is if we had have had our hands full, so this is a bit this distraction Keeping thing. our heads down, so shoulders, we, yeah, yeah, So down. if we had have had our hands full of chips and burgers, we would have been in a world of pain. Well, I don't think we had burgers at the time, but, you know, whatever it was that we're eating. Um, but if our hands had have been full, we weren't free to do anything, and they would have known that. So this is what they were playing on, and the fact that we had prepared ourselves and had presented ourselves in a way that they knew that we had prepared ourselves, they backed off. So what we let, what we then had done is we prevented the altercation from occurring in the first place. 
Mm. And that's the best form of defense you can actually take. So staying aware, keeping yourself alert. You know, when you put your keys in your bag, put your keys in your bag in exactly the same spot every time. Make sure that they're in a little side pocket so you can just slot your hand into the bag and you don't need to divert your eyes. You Be can aware of your situation. Absolutely. You're not always on your phone as yep. well, particularly so, in those social yep. situations. So when you're out walking the street, try not to walk with your, with your phone on. Try not to walk with headphones on when you're well, running you along the roads. Well, need a headphone one. Yeah, in absolutely. One. So you can hear what's going on. And in some ways, that keeps you safe even from traffic. So when yep. you're you know, jogging along the side of the road, you want to know what's traffic's coming along behind you or in front of you. Um, so you can, you can keep yourself safe. Um, so it's, it's really important just to keep that level less. So even like keeping your keys in that same spot um, because we can talk about the, I guess, that interview process a bit later, but what they're trying to do is, is get you to um, get be distracted. And so you want to be able to access stuff without taking your eyes off the person, which is what you did in that particular instance. You kept your eye on what they were doing. And while I was doing stuff in the bag and keeping my eye, like one eye sort of on the... Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Chris, yeah, for the training. Uh, at, at the corner of my eye, um, they knew that they were being watched which is you know, a big part of yeah, staying safe. We were just talking about, what were we talking about? Presenting yourself with confidence. So um, one of the yeah. next levels that uh, we could set strong verbal boundaries, don't we? So um, like being in a situation that we talked about previously, good verbal skills and obviously an effective self-defense tool, yeah. one that you're likely to use more frequently and successfully than any physical technique, obviously. Yeah, when a predator, a yeah, when a predator engages you in conversation or, or likely, you know, predator, He's actually interviewing you to see if you're, you'd make a good victim. Um, so an experienced attacker is practiced at using his words to freeze you, you know, like asking for your t the time and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like yeah. 10 seconds normally. That's reducing the chance that you'll, uh, you'll try to defend yourself. Um, so although an aggressive verbal confrontation can be terrifying, you really need to be strong and utilize your voice. Yeah, so there are probably two separate, two okay. separate things going on there at the, at, in that particular um, example where you've got people doing you know the loud confrontation stuff yeah. and the people doing the interview technique so the interview te okay. technique won't be confrontational at all they actually want to get you on the side so um, yeah if we can just step back to finishing off the OODA loop so we talked about the observe and the orient um, the next part is the side so as you go from orient to the side you're now moving to the, the amber light so if you talk about the traffic lights green and amber so orient and the side are in that amber space and so you can use your voice right there and then to de-escalate or to set some boundaries. So from from the side, we then move into act. And so act, mm -hmm. is, act is the red space. So yeah. the red light, you need to do, do something. something. And you've decided to do something. And I always say go early because preemptive is a lot better than waiting for them to act because if they act, they do have, you know, it might only be milliseconds but they will have the they will have the jump on you. So you use the example before of someone walking down the street towards you and, the, and you know, they give you the creeps or they feel creepy and, and your mm -hmm. hairs on the back of your neck go up. And you mentioned across the, the other side of the road. Perfect thing to do. So this is where you can orientate, mm, they give me the creeps. Because women feel embarrassed. You well, know, they do, they? absolutely. So then you need to make the decision, you go, will I go forward or will I cross the road? Mm. So this is a good way to actually suss out what they're gonna do. So if you cross the road, sure. You look silly, but you're going to be safe. What would you rather do, look silly or be safe? And so this is a chat where you have to check the ego a little bit. Cross yeah, the road. True. Now, if they cross the road with you, the antenna should be really going up really strong and really fast because they've now just gone from being creepy to following you. So the step here is now to cross back. 
which may look... Quicken your pace. Well, if you're walking towards them, you don't necessarily want to quicken your pace. So you cross back. So if they're walking towards you, absolutely, um, cross back. If they're walking behind, behind you, you. you, you probably do want to quicken your pace and cross back. Now, if they cross back, now lo it's now no longer a coincidence. So you now need to decide either to, to run like crazy or make some noise. And so I'm always a big advocate for making a lot of noise um, because what happens in many instances is that people don't want the noise <coughs> and people attack and say, don't make a sound, I'm going to hurt you. The reality is if they're at that point and they're that close, they're going to hurt you anyway. And they want an easy target. They want an easy target. They want you to go quietly. So you want to need to make as much noise as you possibly can. And so you want to scream at the top of your voice saying, stay away from me, leave me alone. And you want to draw as much attention to yourself as possible. Now, if you do see someone on the street or in a house or in their garden, call them specifically and say, you in the, you know, the orange top or the green shirt mm. or whatever it is. So and identify them. Identify them. Because when you say, somebody help me, you know, the research has shown over the years that they can have, I actually think there's a murder in, in, in the States in one of the cities and there's about 30 plus eyewitnesses and they all thought someone else was going to make the call. Yeah, you need to identify and, and no them particularly. The so social obligation call them specifically and say you if you don't know their name call them like you and with a you know the blonde hair you and the blue shirt whatever it's going to be call them and ask them for help because then they will be socially obliged especially because they don't want other people to see them as someone not taking action or not helping out someone in need is more chance of them coming to help you out so definitely use your voice use it as loud as you can use it in your favor and the majority of people will go oh I now have attention on me, I need to get the out. The underestimated tool. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, yeah, it's a very clear one. And when people do come in and they come angry straight up, so this is where, I guess, when, when you start talking about um, road rage, uh, sometimes you need to meet it. Um, you know, when we talk about bullies and the, and the language of bullies, sometimes you need to talk the same language as what they're talking because they don't understand anything else. So you need to be able to meet it and hold your ground with that and put them back into their place. So this mm. this is gonna be very confrontational for many, many people. So this is where you mm. have to this is where the aside and act comes into it. Uh, if you're not comfortable doing that, then you really need to get out and get out as early as you can. When I say get out, I'm not talking about running from your house or running from your car. I'm talking about wanting your windows up, locking the door, or just getting out of that environment. Mm. You know, getting yourself safe with some friends. And I mean if you if you're walking down the street, walk into a shop and ask for help and just say to the shopkeeper, look I'm feeling really uncomfortable. Someone's following me. Can I please stay here? Knock on someone's door if you're walking down, drive down the street. Drive to a police station. If, if, yeah. Yeah, if you're in your car, drive to the police station. Absolutely. You know, drive to the police station and park in the parking lot and just beep your horn uh, as loud as you can until someone comes out. You know, you're probably going to get their attention. Mm -hmm. So you, you need help. You need support. And if someone then disappears, well, then that's a good thing. That's a, that's a great outcome. So what about um, maintaining a non-confrontational stance? Like most predators feel confident that you won't defend yourself, especially as a woman. Yeah. And they they should capitalise on that misconception. Um, if you. Yeah, you're talking about I guess pretending to be meek and mild. Yeah. Yeah. So this can play in your favour. So this is where you know we go through our OODA loop. We've oriented. We decide we're going to act. Um, I actually think distance plays a very big part. So you need to maintain this. So we talked about you know the person walking down the street, or someone coming towards you, someone from behind you. You want to keep that distance as far away as possible. Well, we've all got this personal zone that we talk about. Well, we do have a personal zone. 
but you don't ever want to let that someone into that space if you can if you can if you can help it. So just keep them out of that personal space. But even to the point of someone drawing a weapon, so if someone has a knife or a gun, they say they they won't be able to draw it out um, if if you're within twenty feet of them. So you're talking seven meters. So that that is actually a very long distance away. And people will say, look, in that distance, I can get to you before you can draw it out. But well, they do say... Researchers says you yeah, can't. When you're in an adrenaline state, you need a quarter of a second to react to an assault. This is why I always say be preemptive. <laughs> so so that react, sorry, the reactionary gap should be anticipated when you think about your comfort zone. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's about a quarter absolutely. of a yeah. second. So this is where that preemptive part comes into it. So the OODA loop part, decide and know that you're going to act and have, have some idea what you're going to do in that action, whether you're going to be run. Bearing in mind... That with that adrenaline jump, that, that dump of adrenaline to your body, all of your fine motor skills are going to go out the window. Can we just go back to that personal zone so most women, uh, also most people would know. Yeah. Um, so what's the approximate, is it one to one and a half arm lengths between you and, and that uh, potential aggressor? Yeah, so personal zones can be different for different cultures. Yeah, obviously. So, but, but when you're talking about a safety zone, you want to make sure that they can't cross the gap. So you want to make sure that when they strike with their arm, they can't reach you. So if they cross that boundary, you use that verbal oh, you, um, Once they cross that aggression, boundary, if, if verbal they, is too okay. late. I'm, I'm thinking... Then it's time to get physical. You need to do something. Okay. Yeah, do something solid in, in that space. And look, I don't really want to go into techniques tonight because it's very hard to, to talk about techniques on a, on a radio show because people can't see them. But also, I think people need to be aware, especially for women, that size in this particular case does matter. Um, there's some certain so there's some certain things that you need to have key awareness around, which is a distance. So you need to keep that physical distance away. So if someone wants to grab you, punch you, strike you, you need to keep at least an I believe two meters away. So they can't reach out and grab you. And people can twist their body um, so they can reach out further. Um, but also you can present different ways to them to make them feel like they are closer. So one of the ways that you can do that is what we call putting up a fence. So you can actually hold your hands up. And I think putting your hands up is a great way to create a barrier. So you put them up and you're putting them out, not close to your body, but further out. So you know, at arm's length. When we talk about keeping people at arm's length, we literally mean arm's length. So put your arms out. And most people's arms are close to a metre, you know, 800 mils long. So there's that much plus double that. So make sure their arm's length plus your arm's length, so you're talking double arm's length away. So um, much better for them to grab your hand because it's a lot easier to get out of a grab than it is for them to strike you in the head, which is, you know, The thing is, if you grab from behind, you must respond immediately. Absolutely, so getting grabbed from behind is not the ideal state. So this is where we talk about you've awareness. You've got to respond um, immediately. But you do need to respond immediately. The unfortunate part with that is that, you know, when, when the adrenaline does kick in, we've got that fight or flight mode kick in. Which does work for us because the um, element of surprise, most predators um, assume that you can't defend yourself. Yeah, but well, in, the, in that fight and flight, a lot of people don't talk about the freeze component. So there's fight, flight and freeze. And unfortunately for some people, they just freeze and there's nothing that they can do, no amount of, like merely training helps. Um, but even in the um, fight or flight mode, um, training helps. So you want it to become a second nature response. Someone grabs you, you know, you really want to protect, you want to keep your feet on the ground as much as possible. So especially for women, if they're grabbed from behind, the first thing that most people do is try and lift them up because the minute they're up in the air, the woman now has no control. So you need to try and keep your weight. So you just drop your weight down. I know with 
trying not to talk about techniques, but you really want to keep your center and keep your feet on the ground as much as you can so you drop your weight. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, think about trying to pick up a two-year-old that doesn't want to be picked up. And you think, how heavy can that two-year-old be? Sometimes when they want to hug, you can pick them up, they're as light as a feather. The next moment, they weigh about 20 tons of brick. So that's that's the, the feeling you really want to do when people are trying to lift you up. Um, talking about that, though, more often than not, women end up on the ground when they're assaulted. Um, most assailants are not skilled ground fighters, though. So they're bullies who are used to knocking women down and forcing yep. them to comply. So um, things like the heel palm strike and eye strike work really well on the ground as they come down to grab you. Yeah, so this is we're getting to that, that area of, of technique again. And so you do it badly and, and do it to the wrong spot. Um, it's going to work against you. So I do say um, study your pressure points. So there are some key pressure points. So doing a palm strike may not be any good if you hit them in the middle of the chest. Like, you know, a big guy will just laugh at you. Um, but the eyes, the nose. And the um, obvious spot for a male. Oh, uh, look, you know, interesting, a lot of women always say go for the groin, but it's actually a lot harder to hit than you think. Um, you know, it's actually a lot smaller than most men will actually claim. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's you know, that's probably sounds funny. Um, but, you know, it's a lot easier to hit their thigh because, you know, a groin strike is really easy if they're standing front on and their legs apart. It looks great in the movies. But in reality, no one actually stands that way, or very rarely, especially if they're grabbing you and you're struggling with them. What will normally happen is that you'll hit their thigh. Um, if they come down to grab you and you're on the ground, oh yeah. you've got the perfect opportunity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> because so, they won't expect it. So you do need to go for pressure points. So, you know, the, the ears, the um, eyes, the nose. And if you, the nose and, and if you can well. get their eyes to water, it gives you an opportunity to loosen the grip, get out. And so sometimes it is, we are talking milliseconds. So you need to be to know um, how to get out and loosen your grip once once you do that. And it means do anything, scream, yell, scratch, bite. They may not be glamorous techniques, but at the end of the day, they want an easy target. You've got shoes and, down the shin. Yep, shoes Beautiful. down the shin. So, you know, there's the, 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 the pressure points are there. So uh, the temples, be aware of what they are. You can look at them online. There's plenty, plenty of YouTube clips out there about um, self-defense techniques. So you really want to be aware of what they are. Yeah, so one of the things you mentioned earlier, Kat, was about um, the interview process. You're talking about you know, people who are verbally aggressive. So important. But also people who are um, interviewing. So even when we talk about the, the houses, people got passing mm. or choose a house. And the same goes process. for the interview process. So I actually know someone who has gone through that interview process. Um, and this is really the one interview you need to fail. This is the one that you really yeah. want to fail. And what they'll do, they'll do simple things like, Ask you, hey, is there anyone else around? Does anyone else know you're here? Um, what time is it? What time is it? Is it is That's a classic? A classic. Is, a, is a classic one, and that can happen very easily. And what they, the what will happen is, you're on your own in a street. They ask, excuse me, what Have time you got is the it? Time, Mr. Wolf? And yeah. you quickly look down at your watch. You've been distracted Bang. for a split second. They grab they, your ponytail. They they grab you. They throw you down, and then it's all over. So you need to be aware of that, and this is where that our OODA loop really kicks in. Be aware of what's going on. You know, observe, orient, decide, and act. Keep your distance. And if they do, even even they get close, keep your distance. Keep backing up. And say, mate, stay over there. If you've got a question, ask it from over there. You'll feel it. Listen to that intuition. Absolutely, you've got to listen to that intuition. And you really want to fail in. They'll ask you simple questions, and they'll sound obvious, and you'll think, oh, I'm just being paranoid. No, our energies integrate pa with each other. Paranoid we will know. We will um, in this particular instance. So listen to your instincts. Never take your eyes off them. Um, and it'll, it'll really stay in good stead if, if you can keep yourself safe. 
So I know we do need to wrap it up. We've only got a few minutes left before we go. So there are some key things that you know, we have talked about, especially when we're talking about safety or, or keeping yourself safe, and that is about being aware. Don't be, let yourself to be distracted. So stay off your phone. Don't be listening to music with both you know, headphones on or earplugs in as you're walking down the street or running alongside the road. No weak keys, though. Be prepared. Absolutely. So when, when, your bag, when you have your bag, make sure it's closed. Make sure stuff isn't falling out to distract you. So your bag becomes a good weapon. Now, I, I do not advocate to carry weapons. A, it's illegal. Um, and it's also dangerous because most people don't really know how to use them well. And what will happen is that if you don't know how to use them well, a big guy will just take them off you and hurt you with them. So um, they they are illegal to carry. So so please don't don't be trying to carry weapons with you. But there are things that you can improvise and use if you if you hold them close. So a, a bag. Don't be afraid to hit someone with a bag. If your bag breaks, <laughs> you know, big deal. Get another one. You can always always get you can always get a. Another bag. It might be a water bottle, for example. It could be a magazine as well. But one that I particularly like is actually a high-powered LED torch. So you can get some really good torches these days that put out a lot of power, but they're actually quite small. Um, so they don't need to be you know, massive. They can just be you know, on the keyring of your car keys. But what you need sometimes is just enough time to distract someone to, to get out or to get in. And when I say get in, I'm getting close to actually do some damage. Because let's be honest, if someone comes up to in the dark or the night and grabbed you, um, they're not there to say hello, they're there to hurt you. So you need to make a choice, do I get hurt or am I gonna hurt them? So I would say be preemptive in that, in that particular case and go in early, go in hard. So um, it's never a pleasant conversation to have, especially for people that don't like hurting people, but when your own life is in mm. danger, you know, something yeah. will tell you that, hey, I'm in danger, I, I need to get out of this and get out quickly. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's better to uh, go in early than explain the circumstances later. Keep your distance. Make sure you stay out in the open. You know, stay in well-lit streets. Don't go down dark streets. Don't go in back alleys. Stay where it's open. And the reason for that is you want to see who's coming. You want to understand who's around you and know what your environment is. If you can, always travel as a group. Take someone with you. Always be with a friend. There's, there is actually safety in numbers the majority of the time. Um, also, make a lot of noise. We talked before. Most people want to keep it quiet. They want to get mm -hmm. away with it. So make noise. Let people know that you're there and that you're, you're being that you are in trouble, and you want to discourage them as much as possible from coming anywhere near you. It's better to be embarrassed and make a noise, and then to, than to be hurt. Remember that when the adrenaline kicks in, all your fine motor movements will go. So when you see movies and people are doing you know, eye jabs and all that sort of stuff, and Steven Seagal's doing great, great techniques. Um, actually, he might because he's trained you know, for 30, 40 years and he's, he's now a keto. But the fact is, you'll be limited to gross motor movements. So you need to be doing big things like big grabs, throws, as opposed to the intricacy of, of wrist grabs and wrist locks and the, all the cool stuff that you see on, on TV. Also protect your head. You know, if people do start to get in close and they come to that point where you feel that you are in danger. Your hair too. Cover your head. Mm. If they grab your hair, grab hold of their hand so they can't pull your hair out. So that way you also know where they are um, and you can also control to a certain degree what they're doing. So remember the OODA loop. Observe, orient, decide, then act. And if you can put that into the context of the, of the, the, the traffic light, the screen, amber and red. So when you get to that red, you need to decide to go in or to get out and make mm -hmm. that decision decisively and follow through as much as you can. And be confident with... Yeah, and, pre and, and, and present and as much as confidence. Through. So someone who is confident in themselves will present as less, as less of a target. So 
um, I think uh, we probably started with that you know, comment at the very start of the conversation is um, you know there's plenty of stuff on YouTube around you know self defense techniques. There's also a lot of rubbish on YouTube around self defense self defense techniques. Mm. So ask yourself, would this really work against someone who's big? Um, ask yourself, is it something practical about you of your particular body type? Because everyone's different. Everyone can do different things. So people have different levels of flexibility, uh, also different levels of willingness to hurt someone. Um, mind you, that can go out the window when you're actually your life is in danger. Um, people will just re just react and, and defend themselves. It's, it's, it's a natural instinct to some degree. So know what you're capable of and ask yourself, and be honest with the technique, will this work if I really need to use it? Um, so there's some good stuff, there's some bad stuff. So be aware, stay alert, decide to go in or go out, and then act, and act decisively. So look, I think that wraps it up quite quickly. I know it's been a very broad brush review of self-defense uh, for women, but look, a lot of these techniques, well actually all these techniques and all these strategies apply as equally to men as they do to women do. as well. I guess their focus has been on women because they are, unfortunately, the majority of the victims in our society at the moment. So please stay alert, no need to be paranoid, but just stay alert and be aware. And by following some of these simple strategies, you will be able to stay safe every day. Well, thanks for that, Brett. Well, there we go. We've wrapped up another podcast. Thank you for staying with us. And for if you're a new person coming in to listen to a new listener, thank you for joining us here at the Leadership Sensei Radio. If you're a repeat listener, Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for joining us again, and I hope you got great value once again from it. And also, let's say again, thank you to my listeners all around the world. You make a big difference. It makes it really meaningful for me to know that there are actually people tuning in and listening. If I can ask you to please subscribe on whatever platform that might be, whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, whatever platform that you're listening to this on. If you haven't joined me or joined our community, at on facebook please also do that you can find me at the leadership sensei on facebook most days i do have a short video going up and i do put other content up there at various times as well so thank you again have a great week i'll see you next time